Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm Andrew McDougall, Director of Beauty and Personal Care Research at Mintel. And today I'm going to be discussing non-fungible tokens or NFTs and sort of the digital world that that exists in. And I'm really excited as well to be joined by two of my esteemed colleagues uh, in America. Uh, first up, we have uh, Brittany Steger, who's a senior analyst for retail and e-commerce. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thanks, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Very happy to have you. Uh, and I'm also very happy as well to welcome Sydney Reba as well, who's the Associate Analyst of uh, Food and Drink and Food Service as well. So welcome, Sydney. Thanks, Andrew. Good to be here. So I guess the the starting point, I'm really excited to get going on, on this with you because I know that the two of you have looked in your particular industries and things at sort of NFTs, as I say, non-fungible tokens, which we will refer to as NFTs from now on um, going forward. And I know you've, you've written about them or, or spoken about them uh, in the past. I'm really excited to hear your views on this. I guess the best thing to do to, though to probably start with is maybe for those people maybe listening that are thinking, what are you talking about? Maybe a quick introduction into what an NFT is for anyone tuning in. So I don't know if anyone um, has a sort of a concise uh, example or a concise, a concise explanation they wanted to give. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get started. Um, but also kind of before we dive in, just really understanding, um, like starting from a place that we recognize that these Web3 technologies are all new. So this is an evolving space that is still being built and we're all learning together. Um, so I think that's really important for listeners to keep in mind um, as we break through some of these uh, new terminologies. I find that there's many layers to understanding NFTs or the metaverse and that when you peel back one layer, people tend to come up with more questions. And so that's totally okay. We're all in this together. Um, so to answer your question, what is an NFT? Um, obviously, NFT stands for non-fungible token. Uh, but what does non-fungible really mean, right? So um, non-fungible basically means that an asset is unique and cannot be replaced with anything else. Um, in terms of what is an NFT, it's usually a unique digital asset um, that's tied to a blockchain. That is how we've defined it in some of our reports. Um, it can be anything like digital media, whether that's artwork, a JPEG file. It can be um, a moment, um, a virtual pair of sneakers. NBA Top Shot is a really great example of NFTs where users have the opportunity to buy a clip from a portion of a game that they're really excited about. Um, there's one user who purchased uh, Jack Dorsey's first tweet from Twitter. Uh, so that it can really encapsulate many things, but the true cornerstone of, his, of an NFT is its uniqueness. Yeah, it's really interesting you said that you mentioned uh, the purchase of Jack Dorsey's tweet as well, because that's probably a good example of when people think of NFT and a good example of that explanation of being non-fungible because that tweet, I think someone, I, I read somewhere they were trying to sell it and they can't get anywhere near the price they were expecting or they bought it from. And I guess that just shows the fluctuating nature of, I mean, it is, it's like an investment. It's a stock, it's a share, it's, it's like a piece of art. There's no specific price. It's just obviously what is there. So it's really interesting to sort of see how, how brands play in that space. Absolutely. I kind of think of NFTs like the digital equivalent of the Mona Lisa. So you have many, many copies of the Mona Lisa on posters and postcards everywhere, but there can only ever be one original Mona Lisa, right? Yeah, I like to think of them as just a one-of-a-kind trading card. That would probably be the most tangible real-world example I could give. 
something like that tweet. I mean, everyone has access to read the tweet, to have it on their screen, but to have the rights to that tweet is kind of um, just in a world of the hype. It's something that people like. And I think that's the interest of the because I think when you're, um, I'm always fascinated by the the the, uh, the Maya principle by uh, Raymond Lowe, who says like uh, most advanced yet acceptable. This idea that we can have the most advanced thing, but it kind of needs to be a bit familiar. We need to be able to connect with it. And I guess for NFTs, that is essentially what the, you've you've both mentioned there, sort of artwork and trading cards. It's almost like those are almost the tangible things that we can perceive in our mind, they're the familiar things that we can connect with to think, oh, if we think of an NFT like that, it might be a little bit easy to understand this idea of ownership around the NFT and owning the original, I guess, which is what the clamor is all about. Yeah, I think it does have to have roots in a real world tangible example. Um, I think that's where we are right now, um, combining the digital and physical worlds. Um, so I think that's why the art collectibles have been, you know, kind of the front runner and the introduction um, to NFTs in this space. And so what would the two of you say then, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but what would you say makes an NFT valuable like right now, as we see it right now, as you say, it's going to evolve into something more and we will take a look at that a little bit later. But what would you say right now, what is making NFTs valuable for people? What is that sort of, why, why is there this clamor? You know, when, when they, when they do a drop on any of these NFT platforms, they seem to go in seconds, particularly if you're, you know, the comic book world or, or cartoons and things like that. So what, what is the sort of the value behind NFTs right now? I think firstly, it's exclusivity. Um, the one of a kind makes people want to grab them up as soon as possible um, to be able to showcase that you have an exclusive piece, you know, in your, whether you're um, in the third web and the, in a metaverse world, you can showcase that whether you're tweeting about, you know, getting one of 100 NFTs. Um, I think that's the beginning of why people are so interested is the exclusivity. Yep. And to add on to that, the community is also a big value point um, for NFT owners. A lot of NFT releases include um, exclusive perks like VIP membership to a specific event or a restaurant or exclusive parties uh, for retailers that might look like special discounts um, and also access to more extended networks um, on social media and in person. Um, But really, you know, as Sydney said, the true dollar value of an NFT is typically tied to its uniqueness or its rarity. So you might have ones that are more common, that have a lower floor, um, that are more, you know, purchased by mainstream purchasers. And then you have your more rare NFTs for which there's only one or a few that are going for really high dollar amounts that are really, you know, approached by investor types and, and things of that nature. Yeah, in, it's interesting what you both said there, because in the beauty space right now, we see that is the way NFTs are being used. So you have, uh, there's been a number of beauty companies that have jumped on board with their own NFTs. They link them to product purchases or limited editions of products. Um, ELF Cosmetics famously had their NFT, which linked to the, the, the gold dipped hero products. And I think they sold just nine of them. But the, again, there was that exclusivity around the physical product, owning the physical product, but also getting the, the NFT kind of uh, version of that as well. And uh, so it's really interesting to see how, how that sort of of sort of playing out do you think that's where the strength of the nft is right now that's where the market is right now is we still we need to be having these links it's not just a case of just buying and owning an nft you need to have these links um or do you think sort of the ownership on its own this idea of exclusivity it, it is enough right now to sort of to sort of peak consumer interest I think you certainly have to have a link to the real world, especially if you want um, to engage a general public. Um, the exclusivity can only go so far, I think, um, with 
people being able to afford these things. So I think what you're seeing brands start to do is like Brittany was saying, link them to discounts, link them to special events, um, NFTs and food service. There'll be special bar events where you can, you know, buy an NFT cocktail and then go to the bar when they're only open to NFT owners and try new things. So I think it really does have to be um, in both worlds if you want to engage people outside of just a monetary experience. Yeah, absolutely. We're sort of evolving past that initial early adopter hype buzz period where it was really drawing in those investor types. And I think that the big opportunity for brands and retailers is to really make NFTs accessible, but yet something that still has an era of exclusivity around it. Um, like one of my favorite NFT drops that I wrote about um, was American Eagle, uh, who dropped um, a limited release of NFTs for, there's like 120 25 NFTs for a dollar each. And the whole point of the project was to get younger, particularly Gen Z consumers interested and excited about NFTs and, and allow them to sort of have that first experience with it. Um, that also included pairing the NFT with a physical item. So it was a patch that was a version of the NFT that physical that they could sew onto their jeans um, that just really tied into these concepts of identity, but also made them feel like they were getting really something special without having to put a lot of money up front into the purchase. And that's really interesting as well, This because so, this idea, I think about this because, as you say, it's just one part of this wider step into sort of metaverses and things like that and those types of new technologies. And it is this idea of, right now anyway, the strength is going to be in connecting to a tangible or a physical asset, as well as obviously this exclusivity being important. Uh, but I guess another sort of step as well into this metaverse and these sort of different technologies is then that connection, or is there indeed the connection between NFTs and crypto? Is NFTs going to potentially open up the option of crypto or the education of crypto for certain people? I mean, do users need to buy um, or do they need to need to have crypto to buy NFTs? Is there, is there going to be a link, do you think, between these spaces as well? Generally, um, NFTs are purchased with crypto, um, at least in my experience and research, um, which can be a deterrent to some people who don't trust that type of technology. Um, but really, a lot of these things do require you to have a crypto wallet, um, which can really be as basic as you want it to be. Um, but it's just kind of educating yourself as far as the different types of crypto. I think most NFTs are done with Ethereum, Um sold and resold on spaces like OpenSea. Um, I did, though, just read an insight. There is um, a payment service called MoonPay that kind of works as the middle person. So if people aren't comfortable using crypto but want to buy an NFT, they take out the crypto part. You can use your credit card. They just charge you a service fee. Um, but I think in general, um, you really probably 95% of the time are going to be having to use crypto with NFTs. And especially building on that, like the whole idea of an NFT being unique is really tied to the blockchain and the ability to authenticate and verify that an NFT is unique. And that's really where a lot of that emphasis on cryptocurrency and crypto wallets comes from is the need to authenticate um, the purchase as a unique asset. 
And I guess that kind of opens, you mentioned sort of authenticity and authenticating the NFT and things. It kind of, it brings us into, there are obstacles, obviously there are challenges for this particular space. Um, and I think one of those things, or one of those things that you keep reading about is people stealing NFTs and things like that. Is that something that, is it, it's just par for the course right now that we're always going to have that with technology or is that is that th- something that is off-putting enough for consumers? Is it a concern for any brands thinking about going into the space? Is it something that is going to be too off-putting or is it something that is being dealt with and can be overcome? Yeah, there's certainly a recent um, big story coming out of um, Board Ape Yacht Club, which is a very well-known, probably one of the most well-known NFT collections where there was a hack to their Discord and there was a loss of digital assets and um, ETH or you know Ethereum currency. Um, I think this is something that consumers are concerned about. I think it's something that players in this space are also concerned about taking action on. Um, authentication is certainly an issue. There's some counterfeit NFTs that have been going on. And so I think this comes back to the idea that this space is still evolving. And I think this is a big piece of the puzzle that um, people are still figuring out. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's inevitable in any type of new technology that there's going to be breaches. Um, The fact that this involves so much money, I think is going to be deterrent to some people, probably the same people who already had reservations about entering this space. The, you know, really the appeal to a lot of people was that it's unregulated. So it's hard to balance um, putting your investments into a space like this. And then when something does go wrong, wanting um, this, you know, more traditional business response of getting your money back. Um, And I think that's kind of a big kink that needs to be worked out. It's an interesting thing. You mentioned, you mentioned the word regulate there. And obviously I, I hadn't even mentioned that to begin with, but that is, it is obviously for blockchain technologies in general, the, the, the benefit or the, the attraction to them is the sort of the, the decentralization of everything. However, I was also reading that looking ahead, we may see that governments are actually going to look to regulate NFT markets. I know that whenever we talk about cryptocurrencies as well, it's something that it's a question that normally crops up this idea that it is going to need some sort of regulation, um, starting in, you know, for, for governments, for example, with NFTs, they can treat them as commodities that can be taxed. Um, of course, you know, way to, to make money on them. So I guess any brands or any companies or anyone thinking of sort of getting into the space, uh, whether it's NFT or crypto, you, we do need to stay up to date on regulations. But do you think that, do you think that's a conversation that's got legs? Do you think it's a conversation that has to happen? Or does it sort of destabilize the whole conversation anyway, because it was built around this idea that it wasn't regulated or decentralized or centralized, sorry. Um, yeah. So, so is it, is it Sophie's choice or are we kind of in a difficult spot with it or how, how do you think that's going? I think we don't know how it's going to play out yet is my answer to that. It's certainly a complex topic. And to Sydney's point, a lot of the benefit for people buying into cryptocurrency and NFTs is the fact that it cuts out the middleman and it is not regulated. But at the same time, as the metaverse grows, as NFT the NFT market grows, as cryptocurrency grows and becomes more mainstream, I can't see a world where at some point there's not some sort of intervention um, on that front. Yeah, I think brands really will enter the space regardless. I think the unregulated aspect of it was maybe more for personal investors. Um, at this point, you know, if you're not entering the metaverse as a brand and you're a, a bigger name, um, you're definitely m- missing out on many opportunities. So I think it might, you know, it's going to upset people who are basing their personal wealth around it. But I think as far as brands go, they shouldn't use that as a deterrent into entering the space or continuing into the space. 
And from what, because I know both of you work, as I mentioned at the start, very different fields that you work in. Um, but from what you've seen in sort of some of the reports of the consumer research you've been looking into, how do you feel consumer sentiment is behind NFTs? Is there an excitement or is there this excitement around it from what we've seen from our data? Is there this clamor for NFTs in sort of the food service or the food space or indeed in retail and e-commerce? Are we seeing those kind of patterns coming through from the consumer behavior as well? Um, we did poll consumers for my report, Evolutions in E-Commerce. Now, this was back in September of 2021. Um, interest at that time certainly outweighed actual um, NFT purchases. So at that time, less than 19% of consumers actually owned one or more NFTs and 80% had not owned NFTs. Um, but interest in NFTs was certainly higher than that. Um, we also took a look at some of the purchase drivers for NFTs. And at that time, more than half of people who had purchased NFTs were really there because they were curious about what it is and how it worked. Um, and then falling secondary to that was this uh, a third of consumers who were interested to own or get access to something exclusive. Um, certainly, we're seeing that NFT ownership skews younger. Um, millennials were the most likely of all to have bought into NFTs um, at that time, uh, but we're also seeing higher interest among Gen Z consumers as well. Um, but definitely in terms of interest, um, like as many as 60% of millennials say they are interested in NFTs. As far as the food service space, um, we have about 35% of people who are interested in NFTs are interested in the food service space. Um, so I think that for me is a pretty high number. I guess my big question as well is, uh, without sort of being provocative or anything, but is this going to be a bubble? Is it going to be, there's all this curiosity, but is, and is there going to be this investment and this bubble is going to burst and NFTs in a couple of years time are going to be a thing of the past? Or is it something that you do see now does have that evolution that has the staying power essentially? Um, I know we don't have a crystal ball, of course, but in your, in your opinion, is it, is this something where it's like a property investment bubble market kind of thing? Or is it something where actually, you know, that this does have staying power and there is going to be an evolution. Well, certainly consumers still have a lot to learn about NFTs. So uh, again, going back to that uh, consumer research from Evolutions in e-commerce, um, nearly 40% of consumers say they didn't know enough about NFTs to know whether or not they wanted to buy one. So that certainly shows a lot of the opportunity in the space. Um, and there's definitely a learning curve, particularly for older consumers. And this may be an area that um, you know some older consumers just don't build that interest in, um, but definitely some room to grow in terms of learning how NFTs work and what they are. Um, in terms of whether or not, in my opinion, if this is a bubble getting ready to burst, um, certainly there are some fluctuations in the NFT and the crypto market right now that make this particularly challenging. Um, but I think this is really a course correction. So I do think some of the you know early adopters um, who got into this space, I do think some of the assets were overvalued. So we are going to see a course correction there. But it's my prediction that this is uh, really just a transition into the mainstream and that there's more opportunity to be had and we'll definitely see more from NFTs in the future. Yeah, I think the past month or two have kind of been a turning point as far as the crypto market being quite tumultuous. Um, but I really do think the NFTs, um, they'll evolve, you know, outside of digital collectibles. They'll continue to be tied to experiences. I can't see them going away. I can see, like Brittany said, though, just the value being um, just a little more 
leveled out, um, a level playing field, the hype settling down a little bit and them just being more tied to experiential things. That's almost a positive thing as well, isn't it? Right. When, when that leveling out comes, it almost, um, solidifies it a little bit more. Cause rather than just being this hype thing where there's loads of investment, the maybe crazy figures going around to begin with, um, the value isn't truly known at that point. Whereas actually when it levels out, it probably does leave for probably a more sturdy feel to play in. And actually then the evolution can continue. As we said before, when we talk about metaverses, we don't know what the limits are right now. We're still looking at it from 2022 goggles, I guess. So there are going to be these evolutions that come. So it's fascinating to think of, of that going forward. It's also really easy as well to knock we say this all the time with new technology, right? But it's always really easy to knock it, right? Um, cryptocurrency and, and all kinds of blockchain go through the same thing. I guess what we haven't spoken about today would be the sustainability question. I mean, that's always leveled at this type of thing is sort of just how environmentally uh, friendly can these sort of technologies be? Um, is that something that you think, or is it something that you've come across at all? Those kind of sustainability questions around uh, NFT, is that something consumers worry about? Is it something companies are worrying about? Is it something we should be worrying about? Or is, again, is this something maybe it's easy to focus on the negative rather than the positive? There's certainly been a lot of pushback, especially um, with so many celebrities in this space. And their introduction into the NFT world will come with, you know, people pushing back and saying, this is not sustainable. This is not environmentally friendly. Um, you're not, you're using this for your own profit versus what it's actually doing. Um, so I actually, a funny real world example, um, a friend of mine's an electrician and he, I was talking to him about NFTs and he's like, Oh, I have, you know, a client that I'm going to be helping in his residence and he mines cryptocurrency and he needs three times the amount of energy um, in his residence because he's running these computers to mine crypto all day long. And so I tried, I asked him what that would be equivalent to. And he said, running 10 large air conditioning units, uh, 24 wow. hours a day, seven days a week out of someone's house. So that's just a small world example. But now you have companies who are coming in and doing crypto mining. So that's, you know, elevating to a whole new level. Yeah, the energy consumption piece is definitely a consideration and a concern and a barrier, I think, to NFTs moving forward. Um, like Sydney, I had also read an article about one NFT called Space Cat. Um, and this article noted that this NFT's carbon footprint is actually equivalent to an EU resident's electricity usage for two months. Um, there was at one time a website that was reporting out um, the estimated greenhouse gas emissions associated with individual NFTs, it's since been taken down, um, but I think that goes to show sort of the overall environmental impact. However, there are people in this space who are working to make NFTs more sustainable. Um, there's one NFT marketplace called Voice, uh, for instance, which was launched in September of 2021, um, and its blockchain is said to be more eco-friendly and offers uh, like carbon neutral minting um, and just really trying to make the process more sustainable. There there are other NFT creators who are trying to offset uh, the carbon emissions by making investments um, and donations to sustainable organizations to reduce their carbon footprint in other areas as a way to offset the impact of NFT. So I think this, just like um, some of the other pieces that we're talking about, the regulatory aspect is something that is still evolving, um, but is a problem on people's radars to solve. Do you think these are going to be big enough barriers to stop companies and consumers and everyone's getting involved in this space? Or do you think it's something that 
the solution you, you sort of mentioned a, a few solutions there do you think it's something that is on its way to being sorted out is it something that should put brands off for example getting involved that sustainable conversation can i be a sustainable brand and still play in this space I think like a lot of new technologies, you know, at the beginning, you're going to be doing the fastest, uh, most efficient, efficientest in terms of being successful. So the beginning of crypto mining is who can have the most electricity flowing and pulling the most information as quickly as possible. And now that there's been pushback on that, I think that the space is, like Brittany said, ready to become more sustainable. There's going to be a response to this. And I think that Companies and brands um, should obviously keep this in the back of their head, but I think we're working towards more sustainable options. Yeah, I think uh, it really speaks to the point that, uh, you know, brands and retailers really need to consider uh, what their brand is and who their clientele is. And I think, you know, if you're really a sustainable, eco-friendly retailer and that's, you know, your mission, I don't know for those retailers right now if, NFTs are the right space for them until there's some challenge on this, but certainly they should dissect that and figure out what's right for their brand. But I do think that there are some consumers and will continue to be some consumers who shy away from NFTs simply because of the sustainability aspect. However, I'm not sure how many consumers are actually aware um, actively of, of those sustainability challenges. So it's kind of a, you know, a scale to balance there. So if um, it's, it's interesting, so it, it kind of it, as, as as we keep saying, it is something that is going to keep evolving and keep playing with. But should so should brands or brands or retailers or f- service providers should they be getting involved in a, in NFTs now? Then, as as uh, in your opinion, is it you know in what ways, what options are available to you know, different retailers or brands or food service providers or things like that? Is there a way to make a good NFT experience for them to sort of maybe overcome some of the challenges, but also just to what are the Right now, what would you say the key things are to highlight to really appeal the most to consumers? I think going off of Brittany's last point, the number one thing I would say is just know your clientele. What do they want? What are they going to be interested in? If you're releasing an NFT and your you know, main clientele are an older generation who doesn't show interest in this, maybe second guess that or maybe look at something a little more basic to do. Um, I would also say a really big thing is just to tie in the real world experiences. Um, things in the food service that have seen success so far uh, have been, you know, restaurants that sell an NFT and then you're able to go to a real world event, try the recipes that you saw in the metaverse, um, go into the metaverse, order something online. It comes to your doorstep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it really depends on the space for retailers and brands specifically um, tying that into tangible, physical, real world purchases is going to be a big key element. When you look at, you know, Nike's crypto kicks, when you look at um, some of the releases that um, retailers are putting out, uh, K-Swiss is another sneaker brand released an NFT tied to a limited edition release of, of their classic sneaker. Um, so things like that are going to be um, really important for retailers and brands, but if you look at the entertainment space or the travel space, experiences and access to VIP events are really going to be a big piece of it. So it just comes back to really knowing what your brand is, who your clientele is, um, and determining what works for you. But I would say the biggest piece of advice or key takeaway for um, brands and retailers to consider is they don't have to figure all of this out themselves. It's really about outlining and finding the best partnerships. You know, 
Nike acquired uh, digital firm Artifact. Um, Adidas partnered with Board Ape Yacht Club for their NFT release. You know, you've got retailers and brands all over hiring SVPs of the metaverse. Um, so I think that's really key is outlining those partnerships before you get started so you know the space and know who you're working with. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be groundbreaking to begin with. Um, something like Dave & Buster's, they already have, you know, space in the gaming world. They're um, a restaurant chain. So it, it makes sense for them to have an NFT that's tied, you know, to your crypto wallet and it's tied to the games you play when you're at Dave & Buster's and you collect points that can be, you know, part of a loyalty program. So you can kind of think of what you already have and how you can expand that kind of seamlessly into um, the metaverse and the NFT world. You mentioned gaming there, though. That's a whole other thing that we haven't even discussed today. But I guess we could probably, and we probably will have a whole other podcast um, about sort of the impacts that we can have through that. But it definitely, it seems like we're definitely at the starter point with NFTs in terms of right now, maybe it's about collectibles. You know, we, we, we do have the sustainability question and, you know, people questioning about scams and celebrities and everyone jumping on board the sort of the bandwagon. But it does seem like there's a lot more to come from NFTs and with regards to, I'm fascinated by this idea of authenticity. So, could it become like a certificate of authenticity for a fashion item that you buy or a, a fragrance or a beauty product or any kind of product? It's almost this digital authenticity certificate there. It's fascinating to see what what is going to be possible going forward in this space. Yeah, I certainly think we're at the very beginning of this. Yeah, and in the luxury space, you're definitely seeing um, NFTs being used to authenticate things like, you know, luxury watches and handbags and even in the like beverage space, luxury, you know, high, you know, fancy wine, whatever, lacking the right term there. But, um, you know, you're really going to see that play out. And I think the metaverse, too, is going to really flip the script on NFTs considerably. And, you know, I've attended a couple of metaverse events. Um, I went to the like metaverse fashion week on Decentraland platform and all of the users there were really excited about the limited edition NFTs. That's really what was bringing them into the space. And so when, when that world gets built out, I think we'll see a lot more utility and consumer interest in NFTs to go along with it. And that's where the excitement lies with these things as well, isn't it? Because I d- actually, I didn't even ask either of you at the start. Do either of you own an NFT or maybe even more than one? I do not. Oh, okay. Brittany, do you, do you own an NFT? I do not own one yet, but I've been looking into purchasing one. Um, You know, it's one of those things that it's kind of like the personal aspect of it is just finding which NFT I actually want to buy. I will say our director of retail um, has a prediction that by the end of the year, most, you know, significant amount of people actually own an NFT. And a lot of that really hinges on retailers and brands, I think, and that opportunity that they have to make them more accessible and partner them with your purchase. And like, that's kind of our point is that the more they're available um, and hitting the mainstream, the more people will own them. That's definitely a fact because every time I go on to try, try and buy an NFT, I always miss the drop. It's like they're gone so quickly and they're just gone. So yeah, access is definitely the thing hindering me right now. Sorry, sorry, Sydney, I sort of interrupted you there. Oh, no, it's, just, it's certainly strange to talk about a subject so often and not actually own it. I can't say that I have spoken so much about something that, you know, didn't, wasn't in my real life. But um, yeah, I think that you need to find that balance between exclusivity and accessibility. And that's going to be the main thing that will move brands forward. And, but that's where the, the big sort of the excitement, I think, is because these technologies are exciting to see what are possible. There are, of course, challenges, which we've discussed and mentioned today. Um, but it is exciting to see. And there are these early adopters and enthusiasts as well that I think will 
power or motivate these these movements forward because you know i i you mentioned decentraland earlier Brittany. um i went to a, a press a press launch in decentraland and it was exciting it was fun it was a bit clunky i'll be honest but it's because we're so used to seeing you know halo on the xbox and all these amazing video games you just think everything's going to be seamless and wonderful it, but actually they can be a bit clunky but it's just the excitement of sort of being involved the, as you mentioned earlier as well Sydney, the, the experience becomes really important so brand should probably tap into that a bit as well Absolutely. When you remember the early days of the internet, right? Those first websites that came out were clunky. And I kind of feel like that's where we are with the metaverse. Like we haven't built out that space yet, but before you know it, this new digital realm will be something we use in our everyday lives. Just at one point in the past when the internet was just an idea and now look where we're at. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. It's it's very exciting. It is exciting. Well, it definitely seems, uh, thank you both so much uh, for, for your insights today. It definitely seems like exclusivity is going to be one thing um, that we're playing with right now. This I like this idea of change, this changing ideal of ownership and value and how NFTs really sort of uh, motivate people in different ways because of that concept. So I think that's a really interesting thing to look at. But also this link to real life perks right now seems important, again, because going back to that idea of familiarity, the more people you can bring along with you, the better. And I think Although we like new things, we also, I mean, the nostalgia trend has proved to us we still like familiar things as well. So I think that's where NFTs right now are seeing the most success, especially from what the two of you have said, is this idea of linking to something tangible that we can relate to, that we can physically sort of conceive in our own minds. So that definitely seems to be something uh, that we need to be looking at. Um, there is obviously a lot more to be done. We've mentioned the challenges to date with regards to sustainability and sort of uh, people sort of jumping on the bandwagon and thing. But I think it's one of the key sort of areas or the key takeaways I've had from today is just this idea that there's still a lot to learn. I've learned so much in this conversation. So thank you both. But there is still so much to learn and that's okay. This evolution is going to be okay. There's clearly curiosity from consumers. Brands are clearly curious as well. Retailers, companies in general. So it seems like it's a really exciting space to look at uh, and definitely one that is worth investing in right now and see, seeing how that evolution continues. Um, so that it kind of does it for today. Unfortunately, I think we probably filled the time. Um, as I say, I have learned um, a lot today. Uh, if anyone would like to learn more about what we've discussed today or, or anything else, um, then you can go to the Mintel platform, either that mintel.com uh, or if you're a client, go to clients.mintel.com. Uh, indeed, some of the reports that we've mentioned today uh, from Brittany and indeed Sydney as well, you will find on that platform discussing NFTs a bit further. Um, but I just wanted to thank you both um, for your input today. Um, it really has been very insightful. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed enjoyed this conversation as well. So Brittany and Sydney, thank you very much both. Thanks. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. As I say, th- thank you. Uh, it, the thanks is definitely to, to the two of you, uh, but it's also to the listeners as well. Thank you very much uh, for listening with us. Um, as I say, more information, head over to Minto.com. Uh, be sure as well to subscribe to Little Conversation uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but all that's left for me to do is again to extend another thank you and say have a great day. Mm-hmm.